My name is Wyatt Graham. I'm the Executive Director of the Gospel Coalition Canada, and I've asked Daryl Dash to join me today to talk about churches reopening in Ontario, but in a, a unique way, because there's some good news, I think, for many churches that they are able to meet in a limited and safe way. Uh, but what happens when you are renting a space and you've lost your rental property, or the rental group doesn't want you to meet in that space or some other third category that that is within that area. So Daryl Dash in his church plant is in a similar situation. So I wanted just to invite him to ask him some questions about that, to hear from him, uh, his church's situation, to help you kind of realize that there are other difficulties in Ontario for churches and across Canada, I'm sure. So we can pray for him, pray for his church, and maybe find some ways to support churches like Daryl. So Daryl, can you just first explain, uh, like, t tell us your background, what your church plan is, and the current situation there. I've been a pastor for, man, I think it's been close, close to 30 years, 29 years, and about eight or nine years uh, moved from being more of a pastor of a, an established church into church planting. So uh, terrified, moved into Liberty Village, which is, uh, we can, you know, we, we're right by the CNE grounds in Toronto, if you know where that is. So we're basically the, if you're ever driving into downtown Toronto and you, you look and see all these new condos going up and you're like, where did all those come from? That's basically exactly where we are. Uh, so we're, you know, downtown spaces at a premium. The church is called Liberty Grace Church. Um, and it's in a community called Liberty Village, which is, 12,000 people, young, basically young professionals, uh, mostly single, now more couples, but generally a very unreached area. So maybe 1% uh, would be reached by the gospel by various churches. And we're the only church in the area. Other good churches in the city, but uh, we're really the only church in the community trying to reach this particular community with the gospel. Um, so yeah, it's been exciting to be here, but I always tell people it's been the most exciting thing I've done and also the hardest thing I've done. Mm. And when I say I didn't do it, but being part of it. And you uh, remind me of the timeline because you planted there maybe only like a year and a half, two years ago. Like it's not very long, right? It's actually deceiving. It, yeah, it's quite a while ago, actually. Oh. So we, it was 2013 that we started. Oh, okay. And um, man, I think we're coming up to this year will be yeah our seventh anniversary in September so it's a highly mobile area though I think 70% uh, turnover every two years so it's just like a revolving door of people like I think we've had maybe about four different congregations at this point in our short history. Wow you know it's funny you're right time does move by fast I know like so my role at the Gospel Coalition I've been here for for nearly four years wow that's crazy <laughs> So, you know, at the end of, end of the summer. So I just find, you know, time is such a funny thing. And the busier you get, you know, the faster it goes. So you still are in this kind of, you know, almost seven-year period of, of church ministry. It's a burgeoning church plant in Toronto, a young community, a mobile community. So you've been renting space. Um, and I'm sure, have you been in different rental spaces over the past few years? Yeah, we have. The first one we had was a, a dance studio. And then we would just get it for about three or four hours every week. And uh, then we, 
we lost that. We this is what church planting is like. Uh, we got a call from the landlord. Hey, I've defaulted on the lease. <laughs> um, they could come and put a padlock, like, and the sheriff could put the notice up. So you might want to come and get your equipment. So I was in Cambridge at the time, and I remember that day uh, we had about ten thousand dollars worth of sound equipment there. So I remember racing back and uh, getting the equipment. Fortunately, we did get it out. Uh, thank the Lord and. But then we were looking for a new space and where we are in Liberty Village, I mean, that was a man about four, four or five years ago. Uh, it was hard to find space. And so we were, and it's way harder now. That's where I was going. Like it's probably 10 times as hard now. But back then we looked around and it was so frustrating because A, there weren't a lot of options. And then B, like we did find this one space where we eventually ended up meeting, but nothing moved. And it was almost like right out of the book of Acts because I thought we had the space, but we just couldn't make the landlord give it to us. And I remember one night being in prayer and we had a church prayer meeting and uh, I had to read a prayer request from my phone. So I wasn't like one of these people pulling out the phone to, you know, check Facebook while praying. But when I pulled it out to read the prayer request that I was going to read, it was in the middle of that prayer meeting that the landlord said, hey, you got this space, it's yours. So. I always felt like that was a good lesson for us. Like, um, yeah, like <laughs> Terry Cuthbert, who's used to be church planting in Montreal, he said that pretty much every church plant in a city, it's it needs a miracle to find a building. And I was discouraged when I heard that. But then he said, and so far this year, this was like about six years ago, um, we've had about eight miracles. So I don't know if it's technically a miracle by the theological term, but it's definitely a unique provision of God when a church plant finds a building. Hmm. Now you had uh, this most recent building for a while, but I'm guessing sometime in March you, you lost that rental space. Maybe I don't know the timeline exactly, but I'm guessing March. Is that accurate? Yeah. So March hit and uh, we were, we had our last service there. We were, you know, that one Sunday that everybody was debating whether to meet, we kind of straddled. And we had one last meeting and we said, hey, stay home. Like, but we had about half of our people out. And so the next week I was thinking, because uh, we were we're on a month to month, we were on a month to month lease there. Mm. And uh, there's signs up that they're going to develop the property. And whenever we ask, when are you going to do it? It's always like, oh, six months from now, right? <laughs> so two years ago, when are you going to develop it? Oh, six months. And, but it really does seem like it's going to be this year uh, from what we can tell. And so that week in March, we got together with our elders and said, like, look, um, we could continue to pay the rent and not use the space and then return and find out that we've lost it. Or we can cut the, you know, end the lease and trust God that he'll provide a new space for us whenever we begin to meet again. So, and I'm glad we did actually, because if we still had that space, we'd be able to meet again this Sunday under the Ontario regulations, but we could only have you know, a handful of people um, because you, you can only fill it to 30% capacity. So it really wouldn't have worked for us anyway. So, but we're homeless now. So <laughs> it's a tough situation to be in as we want to begin meeting again. Yeah. So you're, you're a bit of a, a homeless, a homeless church um, where you are in Toronto. It's not going to be easy to meet in a house because uh, maximum 10 people for one. And two, I have the feeling that you're, that neighbors during the coronavirus would be not too keen to have a large group of people you know meeting in a condo building or in a town home or whatever it is it's not it's not 
I don't know way to put it. I mean, this is too strong, but it'd be awkward. It'd be an awkward way to love your neighbor. That's now I get there's, there's issues. I'm not trying to make a big judgment here, but I could just see it being an awkward message. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're placed in this situation and you know, I don't know how many places are going to be open to a church renting space during the middle of a pandemic. I was talking with a pastor in Saskatchewan and I believe he said, I have to double check this, but I believe he said that he's, their church is not even able to get a rental space because of the regulations there. So uh, you're probably maybe technically able to get one, but I'm sure like it'd be nearly impossible to find some. Can you explain why that would be so hard for you and in your particular location and congregation? So what happened in our area, when we last looked for a space, it was very expensive. And um, I thought it was, man, it's going to be really impossible. In the four or five years since then, Everything's been bought up by developers. So it used to be like you'd you'd find a building and it was owned by, you know, eight, nine, four, six, five, seven, three inc or whatever. And with some well, I talked to one guy yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday, no Monday, and he was uh, he's an old guy, bought the property when Liberty Village was basically like a dive. It was nothing. But that he's pretty rare now. And he says, like, yeah, it's all developers and we're not competing anymore against mom and pop, like small businesses to get a lease. Now we're going up against like winners and shoppers drug mart and uh, the big grocery store chain. So, so it's tough because um, the options are limited. So our backup plan was always, Hey, let's, let's meet in a restaurant. Well, the restaurants are closed, right? And failing that, maybe we have to make do with the party room. The party room is an ideal because every condo has a party room, generally speaking. And it, it would be tight, but right now all the party rooms are closed. And we figured the party room would be very awkward because you could meet there once or twice, but probably the third or fourth time, the condo would be like, hey, what are you doing? And you know, we, it's not our intention for a church to be using the party room on a weekly basis here. So, But even our plan B is now disappeared for us. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious, maybe there's a, a restaurant with a large patio. I don't know. But then the other thing is you don't necessarily want to drive you know, half an hour to 40 minutes to find a location because then you're outside your community and it's even tougher. So I'm, have you been doing kind of online chapel services or something to that effect? We have, we've, so it's been interesting to see the different uh, approaches people have taken. Originally we we were debating what to do and we ended up doing Zoom services. So I'll tell you why I like it. I'm, I'm not saying it's good for everybody, but uh, the two things I've really appreciated about it is it is interactive. So, you know, we still do, you know, somebody will read scripture uh, and then somebody else will pray, lead in the prayer. Somebody else will, you know, we do have a question and response after the sermon and we're able to unmute that. So the other thing I really like about it is uh, it's, it's so unproduced. So I've heard pastors who spend like it, it you know, hours a week I, I talked to one guy he said i think it's adding it got better but originally he said i think it's adding about 30 hours a week and i'm i'm editing video and putting it together whereas for us it's like it is so low tech and unimpressive and i think not that there's anything wrong with having good production quality but it's just like that's not even going to be a distraction for us right we'll keep it simple and interactive and so it's been good and it's also been frustrating so <laughs> I, every week it's like, man, this is a gift from God. I can't believe that we're still able to do this. And this is nothing like meeting together. So I can't wait till we were able to get together again. Right. 
Yeah, I know a lot of churches have maybe enjoyed some of the, the Zoom kind of aspects, but then it's difficult to think through what do we do if we need to baptize someone or how do we take the Lord's Supper? What are the, what's the theology, the logistics, all that kind of stuff? Or, I mean, I'm sure they're thinking about similar things anyway. So I can see that being hard. So, so for you then in your situation, uh, there's no easy place to get to, to meet together. And probably nothing will open up anytime immediately. So what are your kind of hopes for, um, for your church? What are you hoping it looks like over the next two or three months? So we, we did send out a survey to our people yesterday. And the initial responses were, people are good to go. I was actually surprised. Um, I think because we have a fairly young congregation. Mm. Uh, if, if you're following the news, there was news the other week about all these young people in Trinity Bellwoods Park. Those are my people. That's my community, right? So they're Don't good admit to go. That. <laughs> <laughs> so they're ready. Like they're make, like, man, bring it on. We're ready to gather. I think there's some people who aren't part of, you know, be, be a little bit more cautious, maybe live with somebody older. Um, so basically we're just praying. Uh, we're, I've made phone calls this week. I've uh, been trying to look at different possibilities in the community. So something cool happened the other week. We do have one of the largest uh, property owners in the area. Uh, they have a one of their executives live in our building. And I didn't even, even know that he really knew me. But one day we met in the elevator and he said, hey, are you guys still looking for a building? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, I'm going into work today to see what we can find for you. So I never heard anything back, but I've been in touch with him again this week to see uh, if he if, if he has anything. So, but it's going to be a challenge because the prices are high. Uh, you know, if we're not a big church, but we would need, because you need over three times the size to accommodate your people, we're only allowed 30% capacity. I don't know, like it, we can't afford a space that's big enough even for our own, our, our tiny congregation. So right mm -hmm. now we're just praying and exploring options. Um, I'm not excited about doing multiple services for a number of reasons, um, theological and otherwise. So I think right now we're just praying and asking the Lord to provide for us and give us wisdom. Hmm. Now, are there um, ways, like, I mean, I can think of different ways, like if there's a big church nearby, maybe you can meet in that space or anything like that, but kind of abstracting your situation a bit, I'm sure there's other churches in your situation. Can you think of just like practical ways for people to hear this that can maybe reach out and help a church like yours? I know obviously offering space would be a big deal, but what kind of comes to your mind when you think through what would be helpful to you, but also churches like you that might be across Canada who are in similar straits? You know, one thing that I found really encouraging this week when this began to, so on Sunday, I was listening to a pastor in Boston and for the first time they gathered and it was bittersweet because they only had a small, like the, those chairs were so sparse and so it was like this joy of being there and yet this longing to be all together and to be you know shaking hands and hugging and everything but so I, I felt that joy and so on Monday when I was hearing all this joy like and I love it right I, I really love that so many of us are longing to get together I think in the middle of the excitement it really would encourage people like me just to be remembered in that so and that happened actually this week. A friend messaged me and said, you know, the minute I heard the announcement, I thought of you. And I thought, this is going to be good news for you. And I prayed for you. And that was just an encouraging uh, reminder, like, be happy, but please don't forget the rest of us. Um, so pray, uh, encourage, like reach out. 
I think the other word is uh, I was actually called, uh, I won't get into details, but I was actually a little bit attacked this week by somebody who said, hey, you're not as excited by the church regathering again as uh, you should be, right? And it was actually kind of a harsh response. And uh, part of it, when I thought about, yeah, like, I don't think I am. And part of it is because I'm not there yet, right? I'm happy for you guys. But man, this problem isn't solved for us. So I think just extending grace to, you know, different situations uh, and realizing it's complex and different people can't maybe meet or be as excited about it, even though they would like to be just because of the practical realities. I was talking to a pastor, a church planter who meets in a school, and he heard unofficially that, and this could be totally inaccurate, but he heard just over a week ago, it could be 2022 before he's allowed back in the school. So, you know, just remember those who, in your excitement, if you're regathering, please remember and pray for us. And of course, if you have space available, we don't have any churches in our area. Uh, we would have to travel and one church actually has reached out to us. They would be a good half an hour drive away. But I, it meant the world that he offered that we could meet there. I think it's impractical, but yeah, offer your church if you're able to, to other churches. That would be great too. It's interesting. It almost seems we have different movements in how churches look. You have one moment, it's really into house churches, other to buildings. It almost seems like in a um, pandemic era that you just need to buy a warehouse, <laughs> like a giant right. space. Where you could all have seats six feet apart and, uh, you know, have a have a fire marshal limit of 1,500 and then have 500 all separated with, you know, whatever between you. So we're in a kind of an interesting time, I think, in yeah. world history in a sense for what churches... I know a church that did that. Yeah, it's okay. good. Yeah, I, I just kind of funny. Uh, um, there's different movements, but we, we've kind of... The options are basically closed down <laughs> because now it's like if you that one friend you mentioned, if they can't return to their rental space till 2022, what can they do? Do they go to like a, a cannery <laughs> or a cannery and just say, can we rent out it on Sunday night and sit in the factory? I don't know. You uh, know, the, the wisdom a year ago was every church plant in an urban setting needs to start a business. And so we actually looked at that. Uh, we were going to start a work share and I was all excited about it. We ran into some roadblocks and even later we could have pushed ahead, but it just seemed like it wasn't prudent. And I was always kicking myself saying, oh, we should have done it. And then when this hit, it's really God's providence that we didn't do it. So even the wisdom a year ago, but what to do, right? Like buy a restaurant or a business and use it during the week and then transition it to a worship space. Man, we would have been destroyed financially if we'd done that. So yeah, you're right. Things are changing. Right. It's, and I even wonder, I'm not sure I'm not a prophet, but I mean, the world is as such where things like this will probably happen again, probably to a lesser extent. I think we've had these every few years, but we've in the past been able to isolate faster. And so there, there might be some prudence to thinking through what does my church look like in five years when there's another similar pandemic? How can I create space now and safety now so that we're prepared and ready? Which, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big burden, I know that, but it might be the kind of burden that we need to bear in the modern world with travel and with aggressive disease. Daryl, that's helpful. Um, as we kind of shut down here, um, I kind of want to, uh, to embarrass you by plugging you a little bit. Can you mention the book that you published with Moody? I think 
uh, two years ago now, a year ago, how we grow. <laughs> Just kind of yeah. mention it, how you can buy it, and why did you write it? I think that I want to encourage people to know who you are and to find your your stuff. So I don't, I'm going to embarrass you, but say anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I wrote uh, a book that really came out of being uh, in a very mobile area with a lot of undiscipled people to try to figure out, you know, what... Uh, it was really written for my church, and I, I hope it's it's helpful for other people as well. But it's called How to Grow, Applying the Gospel to All of Your Life. And uh, anywhere the books are sold, uh, which doesn't seem to include Amazon these days. I guess it's on Kindle, but anywhere the books are sold, I think you can uh, probably find it. Good. And I don't know if you can say anything, but you have another book coming out, right? Yeah, I do. Just working on it. Uh, it's due October 1st, I think. So uh, it probably won't be out for another like year and a half or so at the very earliest, but I'm excited to work on that. Good. Well, we'll, we'll keep up on that and we'll have to see what, what that turns out to be. I guess it's not really embarrassing an author to tell people about his book, but <laughs> I'm glad we were able to mention that as we shut down. So uh, as before we go, is there anything else that you think would be helpful to add to this conversation, helpful to add context to churches like yours that other people could, could hear? Yeah, the, one, the only thing I would add is, uh, you know, this is a challenging time, and it's also an exciting time. So uh, I think it was, uh, it might have been Mark Dever, I, I saw that he'd posted a little note card that said uh, that may God use this as a merciful reset of our lives. Hmm. And that really stuck with me. That was near the beginning. This is a, and can be a merciful reset of our churches as well, and our ministries. And I'm kind of thinking about how can we actually use this as a bit of a relaunch or recalibration of our ministry. So yeah, my prayer is even though it's a challenging time, my prayer is still that it will be used by God to be a bit of a merciful reset and uh, that God will, you know, God will use even this for his glory, of course, and for our good, and that will emerge from this in some way stronger than we were before. That's a perfect way to end with a kind of a sound of hope. And even though we're in a pretty difficult circumstance. So thank you, Daryl. It was an honor to talk to you. It was, it was great to hear from you. And I think it might help a number of people to kind of contextualize. Yes, there's good news happening in some provinces. Yes, we can meet together in a limited and safe way. But there are still struggles for churches like yours who don't have rental space or do. I talked to another pastor, as I mentioned to you, I don't think on here, who uh, they have to get permission from their rental group to meet on Sunday, even though, even though they're allowed to, because uh, obviously the circumstances. So that was helpful. Thanks, Daryl, for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Wyatt.